about our blessed hope. It's one of the things I would love to preach about all the time. I love preaching about the cross. I love preaching about uh, uh, Adam, Eve, Abraham, David, the whole Bible. There's not one part that, that really is the only thing that you can preach on. I mean, the Bible is a book of, of subjects and truths and people and lives, but there's one part that gives us hope. There's one part that that changes our perspective, and that's what I want to focus on because it, it, I'm in competition with the last 168 hours of this past week where the news, the media, the, um, uh, the, the just the stuff that's coming at us, and I'm trying to counteract that as a pastor with something from heaven. And so I hope to be able to do that, and, and I hope that it is a blessing to you because there is some excitement a Christian has in the midst of, of all the chaos, and that's found in Titus. But we're not going to go to Titus first. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 16, and we'll start in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 1. <clears throat> Again, I am so grateful that you uh, log in, tune in, find us, and uh, you, you are with us um, uh, on, uh, uh, on the Lord's Day through technology. I wish you were here. I feel, you know, feel like it's, it's, uh, uh, it's time for us to, to meet together and to uh, face the darkness together. But we're doing it this way for the moment. So um, Matthew chapter 16, I'm just going to read out loud verses 1 to 3, and then I'm going to pray. Verse 1 of Matthew 16, The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting, desired him, desiring Jesus, that he would show them a sign from heaven. So they wanted him to do something spectacular, you know, show us a sign from heaven. Give us a signal. Give us a miracle. Verse 2, and he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, which is true. If the sky in the evening is red, it means fair weather ahead. But if in the morning you see red sky, then it's the sailor's warning. It's, it's uh, things are going to turn. He says, you guys can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? You ought to circle those words, the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and de departed. That, that sign was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But he rebuked those very intellectual uh, religious leaders for not being able just to tell some basic things about what was going on around them. Because... Uh, with all that is going on today, simultaneously all over the world, literally all over the world, what really is happening? Uh, we have on again, off again lockdowns basically all over the world. And they say it's probably going to be until spring, at least here in Ireland. Some scientists are saying that it'll be anywhere from three to five years before this thing passes. There are loads of people, and I meet them, I see them on the street. On Fridays, I try to hand out a gospel tract to everybody that passes by. And boy, they're just terrified. They'll give me 24 job. They're afraid of, of uh, not being able to pay their mortgage. Uh, they're, they're afraid of being alone. And I, I don't blame them. People are afraid of the next wave and then the next wave. But more than all of those things, I'm noticing a cooling off among Christians. I'm noticing very few people now have any problem at all not being at church. There, there are... Too many of you watching me right now who are just as comfortable as Larry sitting at home. And that's not how we're supposed to be. I mean, if we have to be separate, that's one thing. But there's a cooling off of Christianity. Uh, there's there's a, a, a lack of serving the Lord still. Folks, as, as Eric said, God didn't go on holiday and neither did our call. Our call is to serve one another. And so we have to be wise. We have to figure out how to keep ministering and serving. I don't leave it up to the government to keep doing all the things that I'm supposed to do. I am responsible and I will answer to God whether I stay faithful or not. Soul winning. You don't have to go door knocking and stand out in the street, but you do have people still calling to the doors, the DPD guys, the FedEx guys, I don't know, on post. Give my gospel track. You still have the responsibility to talk to people that you are with at work. 
soul winning. How about reading and studying your Bible for yourself every day? Don't let me be your only person that teaches you what God says. Don't let YouTube be your instructor. You open your own Bible. I find that probably most people are cooling off because they're never really doing it to begin with. But it's still very concerning to me as a pastor that this is a time where people are cooling off. Uh, but here's a question. What is really going on? Can we not discern the signs of the times as Christians? Does a Bible believer have anything more to go on that could be better than all the doctors and politicians and scientists out there that are on TV every evening at 6 p.m.? Really, I mean, I, I read and I read and I read and I listen and I listen. I, I, I can't tell you how none of it makes sense. I don't care how many times they tell me uh, it's, it's not the flu. And I, don't, I don't care how many times uh, the people on the, uh, uh, the news are telling us uh, this is just, we've just got to get uh, over this hump and uh, flatten this curve. Now, it, none of it makes sense. It's just very discouraging day after day after day. But as a Christian, I've got something that clears the fog. It's called the Bible. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, everything going on today in 2020 is already laid out, we've been warned about, and it is exciting to learn about as believers. I could take a month of Sundays and still not even begin to barely talk about all the stuff going on just under the surface of the politics. You know, you listen to these politicians. Let me tell you, they are all liars. And the politics that are going on and stuff, it's, it's, just, it's just grieving because people buy into it. Every politician comes along and promises the moon, and every person ought to know they're lying. Folks, let me tell you, there is an agenda underneath the, the politics, uh, the economics, the ups and downs in the stock markets and your pay. Uh, folks, let me tell you, there is an agenda going on here. The pandemic... The path this world is heading. So I want to talk to you this morning because these are there are signs of the times, and I'm not going to rely on scientists to tell me how my heart should feel. Because I'm going to talk about the one subject that will encourage you more than almost any other subject in the Bible. There's there's something coming, and let's pray. Father, again, I just ask you to bless the, the hearing of your word, the preaching of your word, and the doing of your word this, this morning. We don't want to just be hearers only. We want to be doers. And uh, one of the things we got to do is set our heart right. Get our heart to stop panicking and stop uh, worrying and stop fearing. Because you didn't give us a spirit of fear. You gave us something. You gave us three powers greater than the power of fear. You gave us uh, uh, love, uh, uh, spirit of power, and a sound mind. God, I ask you to give every hearer this morning of this, this message from your word those three things. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Please build our faith. Encourage your people. Bless our view on the world. Because something's about to happen. It could be today. And this may be the last message ever preached from this pulpit. Ever preached on, uh, in, 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 in this village, in this town. And if there's any message we ought to hear, it's the message we're hearing right now because we don't have a guarantee of next week. So bless the preaching and the listening of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to talk to you about some signs. I mean, there ought to be some signs put up around town that don't just tell you of road work ahead, but that there are some signs of our times. All right, now we get it from the Bible. I'm not listening to somebody on YouTube. I mean, even though you're listening to me on YouTube. But I'm not the authority. I get it from the Bible. And those, those things that are talked about in the Bible ought to make the hair stand on the back of your neck. So let's talk about some external signs. Luke chapter 21. What's going on in the world? You say, I already know all this. I bet you don't. I bet you've gotten used to what's going on. And we kind of have. We kind of just think that things are normal. Things are just, this is just how things are. I fear for the post-millennials. I fear for the folks that have been born since 2001. They figured that everything has always been this way, and it's not true. Uh, man, I tell you, when I was, when I was uh, 11, 12 years old, I got on my bike, and I rode for miles. I didn't come home until dusk, and things were safe. Uh, there was one shooting a year in America. Things are... 
things have changed, and what's a shame is that people are going up thinking this is normal. Look at Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 5, and his son spake of the temple. Now Jesus is walking in Jerusalem, and they're coming up to the temple, and they spake how it was adorned with such beautiful, goodly stones and gifts. And Jesus said, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. It was a, it was a horrific thing to think that that massive temple was going to be destroyed. So in, in, in from the very start, the Jewish temple... A big sign of things building towards something in the future was the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Uh, it's already happened, but it was a prophecy. Jesus was long gone. He had died in 33 AD. And about 40 years later, Titus comes in, one of the Roman uh, uh, generals comes in, and he actually, he told his uh, soldiers, he said, there is gold embedded between the stones. And so those soldiers broke their backs, pulling every stone off of each other in order to, to level the, the, um, uh, the temple. So there's not one stone standing upon another, just like Jesus had prophesied 40 years earlier. That prophecy said there's something coming. Then he goes on, keep going there in verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 7, and they asked him, and they're saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? In verse 8, he said, Take heed, pay careful attention, that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name. Oh boy, there's lots of religions today in the name of Christ. And saying that I am Christ. That's what they'll say. And then the, and the time draweth near, go ye therefore not after them. If today he'd be saying, don't watch their YouTubes, is what he'd be saying, folks. There is a constant flow of false messiahs into the world, false prophets, wicked religious leaders who promise prosperity, but they're the only ones prospering. Cults are exploding in popularity. Let me, let me just read for you 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says this, The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Listen to these words. Giving heed to seducing spirits. They don't even know that what they're watching on YouTube and who they're listening to is actually a demon. It says they give heed, they obey seducing spirits, and they believe doctrines of devils. That's what's going on in the latter times. That's where we're at. Folks, there are people who don't just believe different things. I can put up a lot of people who just believe different things. But there are people who believe demonic things. They are the doctrines of devils. And this world is not filling up with more and more born-again Christians, have you noticed? It's filling up more and more with YouTube teachers and talking heads and demonic voices on the Internet. Uh, uh, it used to be uh, the television was dangerous. Now, the, uh, listen, the Internet is, is dangerous because the kind of demonic, devilish uh, doctrines that are taught, uh, I can't even go through the, the variety of the things that are going on. That was prophesied by Jesus. Be very careful of the conspiracy speakers that you're listening to, as well as to all of these authorities up there. Believe your Bible. If you listen to all the conspiracy people, you'll be digging a hole and building a, 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 a bunker and, and throwing in four years with the food in it. That's not what a Christian does. If you believe all the authorities, you'll be locking yourself in your house and waiting for the vaccine to come and be injected in you forcibly. You don't believe either one of them. You're going to have to believe what God says. And that's what I want to get you to do. There are worldwide disasters prophesied here. He goes on there in verse 9. When you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. Do you hear those words? Don't be scared. For these things must first come to pass. These aren't the signs of the tribulation. There's some Christians who believe we're going to go through the tribulation. No, these are the signs that are before the tribulation. But the end is not by and by. Verse 10. For then... Then he said unto them, nation is going to rise against nation, a kingdom against kingdom. It goes on war, disasters, great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, famines and pestilences, those are diseases, fearful sights, great signs shall there be from heaven. Now, worldwide disasters. Folks, there have been wars throughout history. I mean, from day one, uh, been between Cain and Abel, Cain murdered Abel. Remember that? Wars have started almost from day one. Only recently, have you noticed, it's been quiet. 
I mean, the last three, four years, there haven't been any new wars started. All the wars have been quieted down. But we've gotten so used to a constant war, war after war after war. Jesus predicted it. Famines. Uh, there is a, they don't want to talk about it, but there is a serious famine creeping in. Right now, there is massive food shortages in major nations like Australia. They are, they are struggling. I mean, they just reelected their prime minister there because of how she's handling the coronavirus. But given another two years, there's no food on the shelves. Massive crops and harvests all over the world have been abandoned, left to rot because they don't have any workers. They can't bring people in like they used to. Um, the size of the locust plagues that, are, that, are, that span across Africa and the Middle East are the size of Munster County, moving across and eating everything in, its, in, in their path. Do you know, last year and this year, there were major floods in Saudi Arabia. They'd never seen anything like it. Now, I know they're, they're talking it all up to, to climate change. I know better. It's the fulfillment of prophecy by, by Jesus. There's going to be disasters all over the world. And it should be getting our attention. He says pestilences. Pestilences means diseases and lots of them. Uh, there are more and more things in our world that are killing us than ever before. Respiratory diseases like the flu and bronchitis and pneumonia, SARS and bird flu and swine flu. Uh, who says up to 650,000 people die worldwide of respiratory diseases. And that was in 2017. That was before covid so uh, we, we deal with, with uh, the flu every year, and 650,000 people die. And they, they, back then, if you died of flu, you really had pneumonia and bronchitis, and it was bad, and it killed you. Uh, tuberculosis, HIV, malaria, meningitis, hepatitis. These are the diseases that we face that they did not face in those days. Earthquakes everywhere. Astronomical terrors. I mean, I know right now there are 21 NASA telescopes pointed and, and scanning and photographing every square inch of space every day. You know why they're looking for? They're looking for rocks that are headed to Earth that might cause an extinction event, they call it. They're terrified of it. And there's widespread genetic tampering. I just don't even have the time to talk about it. Genesis 6 talks about it, how monsters came out of messing with the human gene. And these things are not science fiction, folks. They're told that they would be happening, and they're happening in our day. But there's also something about to happen that ought to encourage every believer in, in, in the hearing of my voice. Uh, another thing that's, that's, a, that's a prophecy is severe persecution of Christians. You say, how is that encouraging? Well, look at verse 12. Before all these, they shall lay their hands on you, my followers, and they will persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Jump down to verse 16. And you shall be betrayed both by your parents. I mean, it's one thing to be hated by your neighbor. It's another to be by your own parents and by your brethren and your kinsfolks, your cousins, and from friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death and you shall be hated. My followers, Jesus said, will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Christians will be intensely hated. Uh, folks, that's a prophecy. Uh, never before have we experienced... You can, you can uh, go to jail for persecuting or mocking any ethnic group except Christians. You can get up and you can joke about on television, you can joke about on the radio about some Bible-believing nut. But you can't say that, uh, and, and, and you can you get away with it fine, but you can't say that about a Muslim or a Hindu or an LGBTQRSTUSD. You can't joke about anybody without getting in trouble, but you can joke about Christians. We're hated by all men. That's a prophecy, folks. Economic disaster. Oh, uh, let me say this. The Jews are back in their land. Do you see verse 20? And we shall see Jerusalem again encompassed with armies. Then shall you know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea. So they're going to be back in Israel. Jerusalem's going to be a city again. By the way, it is true. Uh, I've read a lot of uh, um, Bible preachers back in the 1800s. You know, when they got to these verses about Jerusalem, they said, it's going to happen. 
All the Jews are going to go back to Israel, the land, and go to rebuild Jerusalem because the Bible prophesied it. I, I, that's a lot of faith, folks. I don't have to have any faith on that anymore because that's already happened. But that was the miracle of the Jews being back in their land 1,850 years later than they were kicked out. Ever-increasing economic disasters. Uh, I can't even begin. Um, uh, you know, the Bible says, look down in verse 26. Luke 6, um, 21, 26, it says, Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven even shall be shaken. But you know what a Christian hears the words? Don't fret, don't worry, don't panic. In spite of everything going on. Uh, folks, and it ought, to, it ought to shock us that iniquity, the worst kind of sins are abounding. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's why marriages are falling apart. Because of sin in the home. Because of sin on the television. Because of sin in the reading material and the music you listen to. All the music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, we're the product of it. And the kind of character that is in, in our kids is, 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 is dark because we're reaping from all of the years of free love and free sex and, and um, uh, living without God. Um, iniquity is abounding. You think about it. Um, uh, homosexuality has been elevated to a prominent lifestyle. Bestiality is up, up next, folks. Pedophilia is up next. And they're protected. Iniquity is abounding. It is overflowing in every area of society. They, they, you can't watch a film without them sneaking in some queer kissing. You, you, you don't listen to anything without somebody making sure that you, are, uh, you feel ashamed for saying that that is a sinful lifestyle. Uh, folks, listen. Christians should not be cooling off. All the stuff going on should make us cower in the corner, folks. The Bible says this in Hebrews 10, 25, and we've memorized it. You ought to know it. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together on a Sunday, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another. And so much the more, more and more in time. For as you see the day, there's a day coming, approaching. You see, we Bible believers see something approaching that keeps us encouraged in spite of the sin. I mean, what are they teaching little six-year-olds at school? What are they teaching nine-year-olds? What do 14-year-olds know that you don't know? I mean, it's just breathtaking, the amount of sin. They're not, they're not learning. They're, they're, they're being defiled. And that's in children. And you, 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 you and I are used to it now. And it shouldn't be. We should be shocked. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't be afraid. One other thought, technology. Since the 1930s, do you know the government has been numbering this entire world? All the governments have learned that they need to number everybody in order to control the world through a numbering system that we call computers. Artificial intelligence is no longer the stuff of science fiction. And Star Trek, big data, knows about every one of us from birth to death. The entire world is being connected. Right now, you don't know it, but right now there are about 600 satellites overhead flying at, at 200 miles overhead. And, and in the next uh, two or three years, there are going to be 12,000 satellites called Starnet, Starlink, sorry. And Starlink by Elon Musk is going to link the entire world. Doesn't matter whether you're on the North Pole, South Pole, or if you're going to be uh, in the middle of the deepest, darkest jungle. Doesn't matter where you're going to be, you're going to be connected. And that's not just for communication. There's always a good reason why we do things. But will you listen to me for a second? There is an agenda. This link up of the entire world is a technological explosion that is preparing for something coming up, and a Christian is not afraid of it. Uh, we have something we look forward to that is bigger than all of these things. Do you know you can buy a 400 euro uh, drone? And then you can lock it on somebody, like maybe one of your neighbors, and that drone will follow them and record every movement of them, and it will, it will find them whether they're on the north side of the house or the south side, the inside of their house. And if they got in their car, it will follow them in their car as they drive down the road mile after mile. All you need is 400 euros, and you can follow anybody, and you record every movement they make. 
that's open to the public, what do the governments have? Google, Facebook, Amazon record everything that you look at, everything that you like, everything that upsets you, everything that you want, and everyone that you follow. That's, that's just going on every moment of our lives, and we're used to it, we, we do think it's normal. You know, the British police just were given, uh, yesterday I believe it was, the power to uh, access all the information from people's apps, and they have now the, the authority and the power to go in and check on people who are supposed to be quarantining. That's the technology. Folks, those are the external signs. Something's happening. This is not normal. This is not life. Then there are some internal signs that ought to just wake you up, Christian. Signs of things that are going on right now, and they, they're very grieving. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. They're undeniable. 2 Timothy chapter 3. In verse 1. This know also that in the last days, again, Paul's talking about way out in the future for him. In the last days, perilous, perilous, deadly times. Not just bad times. But perilous times shall come. Now, people have been lulled into thinking that these are great days. I mean, look at the power in your hand. Look at the power of that phone. Maybe you're looking at right now. The power that's in that phone used to fill a gymnasium. And, and kids growing up think it's always been this way, that, that computers have always been around. And they think that everybody ought to get a new iPhone, new Hawaii, or a new Samsung every year. Uh, people have been lulled into thinking the money in our pockets from the government is making us wealthy. Uh, they've been thinking that, that they feel safe when they're locked inside of their house. That socialized education is getting our kids ahead and prepared for the future. People believe the happiness that they have watching and enjoying all the entertainment while they're sitting in their home locked in, <laughs> waiting for the vaccine. They think that it's, that it's life, and it's not life, folks. There are perilous times that we're in. Look at the attitudes. These are not now. These aren't outside world events like earthquakes and diseases. These are inside attitudes that never were on this planet worldwide. Oh, you'd have groups, you'd have despots and megalomaniacs. But this is universal now. Look at this list. For men shall be lovers of themselves. What's that referring to? Narcissism. Self-worth. That's the whole battle. Everybody, everybody's either beating themselves up or they're lifting themselves up to the highest heaven. Worldwide narcissism. I wouldn't want to be a young lady. for You couldn't convince me how, how it could be safe to be dating today. Because you don't know the kind of creature you you're, think you're in love with. The kind of men, I don't even like to call them men until I get to know them, the kind of males that are out there are dangerous. They are dangerous. The young ladies, if you just turn your brain off and just go with the flow, you're in trouble. Men only love themselves today. Covetous, keep going. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, always having to have something more. Obsessed with things. Boasters, it's a way of life. People have to wear their CV on their chest. You know, look what I've done. Uh, proud, blasphemers. You know what a blasphemer is? Blaming God. You ever hear people use the name of God? They never use it in worship. It's in blame. It's blasphemy. Uh, disobedient. Disobedient to parents. Now, we're growing up in a day where the last 50 years, we, we kind of get used to it. But you talk to your grandparents, there wasn't one person who's ever allowed to talk back to their parents. I mean, the Rocky Balboa, uh, you, him being beat up, listen, none of us would have escaped talking like kids are talking to their parents today. Uh, be, this is unheard of. Unthankful. Most people never think that is much of a sin. Unholy in mind and heart and hands. How about nat natural affection? People without natural affection. I've met people who love their cats more than they love people. I know people who love their jobs, their hobbies, more than they love their wife or their husband. Uh, it's, it's, they don't have natural affection anymore. Um, truce breakers, those are people who never keep their promises. False accusers, they lie about everything. Incontinent. That's a good old word. It means you're out of control. I mean, people are out of control. Fierce, 
I mean, I, I've known people to get angry, but I knew that they never crossed the line. Now, everybody's crossing the line. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Used to be, we'd somebody that, that you'd watch a movie and you'd go, that was a good example. Now, man, you, it's got to be the worst person for people to, to be looking up to. Traitors. Heady. Heady means you're impulsive. You know, on the mark. You're just right at the mat moment. You're, you're gambling. You're, you're, you're diving into some sin or you're buying something or you're going somewhere. Never thinking. High-minded. Looking down on others. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You tell me if that's not our day where they love pleasure, they love entertainment more than they love the church, more than they love the Bible, more than they love prayer. I'll tell you the truth. If you had the choice between watching your YouTube channel or watching uh, something uh, on the Netflix or whatever and prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, I know which one you'll choose. Lovers of pleasure or the lovers of God. That never happened throughout church history for the last 2,000 years until the last 50 years. Up there in the Isle of, um, uh, uh, I don't know, it was the Isle of Skye or one of the Shetland Islands there, a man was asked uh, during a revival about 70 or 80 years ago, Alexander Campbell, I believe, Campbell was, I believe, his name, and they were having people saved left and right. Uh, and a uh, great revival was going on, and a reporter was up there and says, how do you know they're converted? How, how, how do you know these people really got, you're born again? Alexander Campbell, I believe it was his name, he looked there square in the eyes, there'll be a prayer meeting. <laughs> I thought, what a convicting thing. Because today, how do you even know people say it? I just wonder. I mean, do they barely come on a Sunday morning? Lovers of pleasure. That is telling us we're in the last yeah. days. And it's nothing to be proud of. Um, the world is filling up, it goes on. Go to 1 John. 1 John, go to the right. These are, these are things that are going on in the spirit of this world that I want to wake you up to because the world is filling up with antichrists in preparation for the coming of the antichrist. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. 1 John 2, 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that antichrist shall come, and he is, even now there are many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, this is not anti-religion, but anti-Christ. People who hate the Jesus of the Bible. From university professors to big-name talk show hosts and even some of your family members. Just try and speak to them about Jesus Christ. Why don't you just, uh, when this message is finished, why don't you just talk to somebody and say, you know, this is, uh, I just finished uh, watching uh, my pastor preach there. Let me tell you what he preached about Jesus and watch the spirit change. They're not even, they're not even respectful. There is an antichrist spirit here today. That's a sign of the time. Uh, hatred and violence. Go to Matthew chapter 24. I'm taking around to these places because I'm going to build up to something we're going to talk about next week. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 10. Matthew chapter 24, parallel chapter to Luke 21, but Matthew 24, talking about the end times, look in verse 10, it says this, Then shall many be, what's our big word that everybody is today? Offended. Do you know the Bible predicted that 2,000 years ago, that we would all be offended by each other? I don't like your Facebook page. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you posted. Um, uh, yeah, well, your use of words offends me. Then shall many be offended, and shall end up betraying one another. To betray is to uh, turn against them into um, uh, who used to be your family or used to be your friend or used to be somebody you used to be able to discuss with and debate with. You actually become their enemy and shall hate one another. That's a sign of the end times. Uh, it's a terrifying thing. Um, he goes on, strong delusion. This is big. I'll talk about this more next week. 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, way to the right, just before 1 2 Timothy, comes 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Sometimes I, I wonder what's going on because I give out the same gospel, I use the same passion, I, I pray as fervently as I can, I try to make sure I'm as, as spiritual as possible, I go out, I talk to people, 
with the same uh, uh, approach as I've always used for uh, for years and years. I say forty years, and it's it's like something's going on. So people aren't getting saved. Let me show you. It's not. And folks, I know I'm not a great soul winner. I know I'm not the greatest, greatest talker. I'm not even trying to compete with anybody. But it was a whole lot easier just 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Something's happened. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and is happening. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and here's our rapture, and our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind. I don't want you to freak out. Go down to verse 8. He says this. There's coming a time when that wicked shall be revealed. That wicked one, the devil, the Antichrist, sorry. Whom the Lord shall one day consume with his spirit, the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, he will come with all power and signs. No wonder everybody was looking for signs. And lying wonders. And with all deceivableness, all lying, of unrighteousness and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Verse 11, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. God's going to mess with people's minds. God is going to put, you ever, you ever seen somebody's deluded? I meet people all the time. I, get, uh, I meet people who think the world is flat. I meet people who are deluded into thinking that we're all going through reincarnation, looking forward to coming back as an electrical socket. I meet people who are deluded into thinking that we're not really here. And we kind of laugh at them, we kind of walk away from them, you know, ha, 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 ha. Well, there is coming a delusion, and it's going on right now where people are completely dark. It is a scary thing if you don't know what's really going on. Uh, people don't seem to have a sense of guilt or shame in how they live, talk, or act. They have no desire for God. And that's not normal. Not for Ireland. I mean, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when I came and I visited Ireland, everybody talked about God. I mean, they, 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 they didn't mind talking about the Bible. They didn't mind talking about Mary and Joseph. I know about, now there is such a disgust. Now, I know the Catholic Church earned a lot of that. But there's just no interest at all. There is a delusion right now. People believe that we're, we're evolved from, not from apes, that we're evolved from rocks. People believe that everything magically just accidentally uh, appeared. That's a delusion, folks. You have to be highly educated to believe that. But you know the worst part? You know the worst part of it is? Two things. I already mentioned it. Number one, there's a general falling away of Christians. Look at chapter 2 and verse 2. That you be not so soon, not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. Don't let anybody trouble you by a, a, an attitude, a spirit that, that might affect you. And Christians are affected by spirits. Nor by word, somebody teaching you, nor by a letter as from us. Somebody finds some new book for the Bible that has not been found before. As that the day of Christ is ahead. Don't let anybody freak you out. Look at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That's, that, ought to, that ought to disappoint you. Unless, uh, that, except there come a cooling off first, that that man of sin then will be revealed, the son of perdition, the Antichrist. The worst part of it is that there's a general falling away by Christians. Churches aren't generally growing. Now they do. There are some that are just exploding, amen. But generally, Christians are not reproducing themselves. They don't care. They don't carry tracts. They don't open their mouth. They don't care about a lost world going to hell. Christians are cooling off. And that's bad. That actually is grieving. But let me show you one other. And it's found in Luke 18, 8. I won't have you go there for time. But there's less and less actual strong faith and worship among Christians. Jesus even says this. When the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Is he even going to find it? And that's a sign that we're at the end times because fewer and fewer people live by faith. They, they live by Facebook. They live by, um, uh, you know, uh, live by what is expected of them on the job or at school or whatever. They're not living by what God says. And they're, they're Christians. And as a pastor, that, that grieves me. Yes, 
I know it's prophesied, I just don't like watching it. I don't like seeing it in my own life. I have to battle it. But these are, these are internal signs. These are things that are wrong in us. And for 40 years now, I make this statement, for 40 years now I've pondered how the totalitarian government of the Antichrist, and it's coming, I have pondered how is it going to take over the entire world. Honestly, that's how he's doing it. I mean, husband and wife, both with their own phones or tablets or whatever. And not only there, every kid's got them. I mean, by the time you're 12, every kid has to have a smartphone. But not only that, I have seen infants in prams holding tablets from nearly birth. They're all being connected to this one evil thing called the internet. You say, why are you calling it evil? Well, we're watching it right now, so there's some good on it. But it's evil because it's part of a plan. Is part of the one world system that's coming in. That doesn't mean that, oh, I gotta switch off all my internet. No, but you do have to limit it. You do have to know that there's a limit. That kid should be playing in dirt. That kid should be playing with blocks. That child should be learning to sing with, with mommy and daddy and playing with, with other children and should be making messes and coloring papers. Not! watching something on a, on a, on a box. It is, it is leading to demonic um, uh, overthrow of this world. It's called, it's called the tribulation. It's not something I want anybody, any Christian, ever just going with the flow. This is how the devil is making this world ready for his Antichrist. Uh, what about all the, the stuff coming up, uh, folks? The mandatory vaccine. And this mandatory vaccine, now thankfully it's not, uh, you know, it's being laid down. You're not going to be mandatory. I don't know how long that's going to be. Depends on how long they can squeeze out of this thing. But they're saying that you have to have a proof of vaccination before you can freely travel. Hmm. Where, what is all that doing? Well, it's preparing for something in the future. How about the global economic collapse? You can't keep spending. None of us can. I cannot keep spending on my credit card before I get caught, before everything collapses. And that's what's going on all over the world. Uh, you know, parents are terrified of their children being outside on the front grass alone. I can't understand that, man. Free speech is considered dangerous. Suddenly, everything has changed, hasn't it? And I'm gonna, uh, uh, I know this one year has clarified it for me. Hopefully it's clarified it for you. Things are moving towards one big event. And everything going dark, we need some hope. We need some hope. You know what that hope is found in? Titus chapter 2. Let's go to Titus chapter 2 and we'll be finished. You're in Thessalonians, go to First and Second Timothy, and then Titus chapter 2. Say, what could possibly be good out of all of that you've described going on in our generation? Well, let me tell you, you're supposed to be aware of all that stuff. No Christian has got his head stuck in the sand. No Christian is hiding from all that technology. And I know, no, I know some who do and, and uh, you know, don't want anything to do with technology. And fine, man, you're actually better off. But no Bible-believing Christian is afraid of it. And listen, somebody, uh, if I got a, a debit card and had 666 on it, I wouldn't care. That's not the problem, is when they try to put it in my right hand or in my, right, in my forehead. That's where it becomes a problem. But I'm not afraid of the number. It's on everything you buy, by the way. Every UPC symbol that's on a carton of milk has 666 already on it. So you might as well, <laughs> you might as well get on with life, all right? But uh, Christians are afraid, and they shouldn't be afraid of any of this stuff. Um, uh, Look at Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God, that's the goodness and the kindness of God, that bringeth salvation hath appeared to how many people? Not to the church. It's appeared to every person. Everybody who's hearing my voice, let me tell you, God wants you. Has appeared unto all men teaching us. That grace teaches us that denying ungodliness, that's what we're supposed to do, and worldly lust. We should live how? Soberly. That means thoughtfully. Where we're aware of what's going on. Soberly. Not, not fearfully. There's no fearful in there. Soberly. 
It's like when you're driving. You don't be afraid of the other cars. You're just aware they're on their side. You're on your side. Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. But that's not all. He finishes verse 13. What are we doing? We're looking. Not for the tribulation. We're looking. Not for the economy to collapse. Even though I know it will. We're looking. Not for the next world war to break out. We're not looking if, if, for another disease to come out on the world or uh, for some new law against Christianity to come out, folks. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What's our short hope? That hope is Jesus coming again. As crazy as it sounds, I believe it. You see, I believe he came the first time. I believe it so much, I, I, I threw away my old life and I received the free gift of a new life from Jesus Christ. And that life which I now live, I live serving him. I live um, uh, because of him. But I, just as he came the first time, I know he's coming the second time. And that's my blessed hope, folks. Jesus is coming again. And it is an encouraging, encouraging hope. That's why he calls it a blessed hope. You say, what's, what's a hope? Well, a hope is a joy. You know, my daughter, Sarah, she's in her last year at school. And you know what she hopes? She hopes to finish. <laughs> if she didn't have that hope, I mean, she'd it'd kill her. She wants to finish school. She wants to get out in the real world. She has to have some sort of... If, if the school came in and said, no, no, you're going to be in school indefinitely. I mean, how would you cope? So if somebody comes along and says, the economy is collapsing. Oh, you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose the funds, the... The doll is going to go down into half. If you don't have any hope, you're going to be walking out the window uh, and, and, and uh, giving up on life. Um, you're going to be quitting everything. Folks, a Christian has a blessed hope. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who gets elected and president over in America. It doesn't matter who's running Ireland. It doesn't matter who's coming onto the scene. It doesn't matter what war is about to start. It doesn't matter what amount of poverty that we go through or persecution. We have a hope. We have a thrill. We have an assurance. We have, we have an expectation. Jesus is coming for us. So I'm going to talk to you next week about what it will be like when Jesus comes. I just want to whet your appetite that there is nothing to fear. I mean, if they keep locking us down, I'm going to be upset. But I will not be afraid. I'll speak my mind and say, do we really have to do this? But I will never be afraid. As a matter of fact, the more things that go on, more excited I get because I know Jesus is coming. Father, uh, please help your people never forget that we're to be looking not for the Antichrist. We don't, listen, everybody's looking for uh, the, um, uh, the mark of the beast and um, they're, they're looking at prophecy and, they're like, and all those things, sure, get, get aware of things going on, but they're living in fear. And I know Christians right now who are, who are afraid of, of everything. I know some Christians have no joy because they're wondering if they're going to have to go through the tribulation. They're going to, if they're going to be good enough to, to survive the tribulation. That's not Christianity, man. We have something we've got our eyes on that reaches beyond the galaxies, beyond the stars. We're looking unto Jesus. We're looking for him to return. He's coming back for us. He's not coming back for everybody. And in the sound of my voice, there's going to be people who are religious. They scan the YouTubes, they watch religious things, and they've thought about God, they've read bits of the Bible, but they've never been born again. They try to mix in all kinds of different philosophies and religions all into one, thinking that they're pretty good, but they've never just taken what Jesus said and believed it and obeyed it, that you must be born again. That sin is killing them. It's not their philosophy. It's not their, their, uh, uh, their mindset. It's not their intelligence. It's not their money that's holding them back. It's sin. And the only way to get it forgiven is by the death of Jesus Christ in their place. If they would believe it, they could be saved. They could be saved from the wrath to come. And they could be looking forward to an event called the rapture. So God, I pray you'd encourage your folks and, um, this next week, 
I mean, maybe it's going to get really bad. I don't know. But we Christians should smile. We should be looking up because our redemption, our rapture, is drawing nigh. So bless this message to your people, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to give you a quick uh, conclusion. And that is, are you ready? You know, I said at the beginning, this may be the last message preached from this pulpit, this church. Because at any moment, I'm going to tell you this next week, there's going to be a shout. And you may not know it, but if you're saved, Jesus will call your name. There will be a trumpet sound. There'll be three words that says, come up hither. And they will all disappear in one moment. And at that moment, there's no coming back. There's no second chances to live your life for God and to earn earn crowns and earn rewards and all that stuff. And I'm going to ask you, if you're not saved, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be stuck here. You're going to be wondering what all happened. You won't think that the Bible's true. You'll think aliens took us or I don't know what. But I'll say this. That'll be the last chance. If you've heard the gospel, that'll be the last chance for you to ever get saved. If you are not born again, it needs to be today. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Not when you feel like it. Not when pastors preach a really powerful message. But when you know the truth, when it, when it has got your heart, when the Holy Spirit is saying you, it's for you that Christ died. And Christian, hey, I don't ask just are you even concerned about the world? Is anybody concerned about things that are that are eternal? Christian, you know, there's a there's a strong verse, I'll quote it for you. And it says, uh, 1 John 2, 28, it says, And now, little children, abide in him, abide in Jesus, that when he shall appear, that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You know, there's some Christians who are going to be ashamed of living like you have all the time in the world. You don't. There are going to be Christians who are ashamed that they thought that it didn't matter how they lived. Ashamed of ignoring the new life that Jesus saved them for. You know, there are going to be Christians who are going to be ashamed in heaven of having nothing to show for their new life in Christ. Ashamed of the fact they brought nothing with them. Don't be like that. 